Welcome to another production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Today your host is Dr. Jan Bedell. She is an educator, author, curriculum designer, and a specialist in neurodevelopment. Dr. Jan has spent 20 years encouraging, educating, and inspiring families through her company, Little Giant Steps. So, whether you have a typical, gifted, or struggling learner, these weekly Brain Coach tips will help you discover foundational keys to make learning and life easier through the neurodevelopmental approach. And now, welcome your host for today. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Brain Coach Tips. I'm Jan Bedell, otherwise known as the Little Giant Steps Brain Coach. I'm so glad you're here to continue the journey to learn, be encouraged, and become equipped with practical information you can use each and every day to apply the neurodevelopmental approach to life with your family. Since the brain controls everything we do, doesn't it make sense to use the natural developmental steps God put in place to benefit each member of your family? Please share the link to this podcast so people you know and love can benefit from this life-changing information as well. Today, our topic is riding the roller coaster of dyslexia. Have you ever felt that way if your child has reading problems, whether they're labeled that or not, where one day they know it, the next day they don't? One day it's easy, the next day it's hard. One day they receive the information, the next day they say, you never taught it to me. It can be very confusing and discouraging for families. If you look on the internet for a definition of dyslexia, you're going to find that they say it's a lifelong condition, some kind of disease. Well, remember, I've asked you to think differently. You may wonder why I keep saying at the end of each podcast, the solution is not in the problem. I want you to do something for me. Take your hand and spread it out. Make your fingers come apart and put your whole hand in front of your face with your fingers above your eyes. You know, when you look at symptoms, it's like looking at something like that. When you've got the problem right up in front of your face, things look kind of distorted, don't they? Now take your hand and move it down away from you, but where you can still see it in front of you. Now, do you have a whole different perspective on life and the way life looks? The problem is still there. It's not right up in your face. So I'm going to invite you to look at dyslexia differently. Just like I've been saying, you've got to learn to think differently. I don't blame other professionals because what they've seen is these individuals with these certain symptoms, nothing different was done and they always have those symptoms. I actually call dyslexia a myth because what we see as neurodevelopmentalists is these people with these certain symptoms, something different is done with them, and a totally different outcome is the result. I don't know if you've thought about it before, but dyslexia is really a symptomatic label. What do I mean by that? Well, Samuel Orton, he's the one that discovered dyslexia, he observed certain symptoms and then he gave them the label. Now what are the things that he saw? He said these symptoms include deficits in the area of balance, motor control, visual discrimination, visual sequential processing, auditory processing, 
and listening skills, as well as phonetic awareness. He went on to say that problems are often characterized by reversing or transposing letters, clumsiness, figure drawing errors, and heightened emotionality. Now, the Orton-Gillingham method has been around a long time. This is something that's helped a number of people, but it doesn't help everyone. And I'm going to help you understand why that is, because mostly what they emphasize is the phonetic awareness portion of these symptoms. But you know, there were all those other symptoms that make a difference as well, and they're not really addressed there. So from my perspective, the truth is that if the brain is disorganized, it's going to have disorganized behavior and functional ability, like dyslexic symptoms. But this can all change. Now, how can that be? How can you change something as drastic as dyslexia? Well, it's through something called neuroplasticity. God put in us the ability for our brain to change. This is called neuroplasticity. It's the brain's natural ability to change and modify itself in response to changes or enrichment in the environment. Let me give you just a story of one of my clients. John was a very smart little boy. He was very excited about going to school too, and his mother sent off this smart little boy to school. Well, partway through first grade, John comes home one day and says, Mom, I'm not a very smart little boy. Mom was horrified because she knew how smart her son was. But something was not right, and he was really affecting his ability to think of himself positively. He was so smart, actually, that he was able to see that he wasn't getting things as easily as other people. So mom pulled him out because she wasn't getting any help in the public school. She put him in a private school and put him through the traditional intervention, something like an Orton-Gillingham method, and by 10 years old, he was at the fifth grade in reading recognition. That's just any word that he could pick out. Now, that's pretty good for a 10-year-old that they say has dyslexia. Oh, they found out he had 130 IQ. So he was really, really smart. But he had these inefficiencies. He tested when I first saw him at 10 and a half at sixth grade in reading comprehension. Now, this is also good for a 10-year-old. But for someone with 130 IQ, it's really not that great. Mom had heard me at a homeschool book fair and said, this makes sense. He's just having to work too hard. And so they put him on a neurodevelopmental approach. So 16 months later, at 11 years and 8 months old, he was at the 9th grade in reading recognition and the 10th grade in comprehension. And this was somebody that was 6th grade age. Not everybody with dyslexia has a really high IQ, like John. He made pretty miraculous progress. But we do see, usually, about a year every four months increase in abilities when someone's on the neurodevelopmental approach. This is so different than what usually happens, where they're in school, they reduce the amount of work they have to do, and then they just get further and further behind. I've talked about the four steps of learning. We're just going to review those because those are basic foundational information that we need to base everything on. Just as a reminder, those steps are receiving information, information coming into the brain, the short-term memory, which is the processing, storing that information, 
and then using it. The way the brain is organized, which is due to cross-pattern movement, all the way from crawling on your stomach up through walking, there are multiple effects of these developmental stages. Let's take crawling on your stomach for instance. We call this the army crawl. If you think about it, when a child is army crawling, they're doing a lot of horizontal tracking, looking from side to side. This is also where their convergence starts to work, their eyes working together. And their central detail vision, what they see right in the center, is developed during this time, as well as when they're creeping on their hands and knees. When they're on their hands and knees, they've got the vertical and the horizontal eye movement, and this helps develop the nerves for smooth eye tracking so a student doesn't skip lines when reading. Now there's a number of reasons why a child might not be receiving information visually correctly. That convergence where the images aren't going right on top of the other or central vision where they're missing parts of the words, those can affect them a lot. Also, the storage could have to do with reversals. Walking early, crawling and creeping long enough causes multiple problems. This cross-pattern movement that we're referring to not only organizes movement or your coordination, it also organizes your thoughts for things like doing schoolwork quicker, cleaning a room, answering questions, time management, and writing papers. I don't know about you, but I remember asking my children to write something and they would just sit there kind of with blank faces. That's why I was so excited when I found the Picture Speller. You can find this book on littlegiantsteps.com. It's called the Picture Speller and it's like a vocabulary of a certain topic, like this one's on baseball. And there's a ball and a bat and a batter and a catcher and a glove, different things that would be related to baseball on one page. Now, not only does it have the picture, but it has the spelling of the word. Now, this is great for helping them to spell, but there's an added benefit to this. They can actually look at this and be prompted about what they could write about instead of just sitting there with a blank face. So check out the picture speller. It might help you out. This one example of receiving information, which is the first step to learning, has great effects on a person with dyslexia. We've talked about just a little of the receiving aspect that you could consider. And in a previous podcast, we talked about auditory processing. This is your short-term memory. Now I want to mention a little bit about visual processing. Visual processing is your short-term memory. This is where information comes in visually and you can hold on to pieces of information. This is visual sequential processing, holding not only those, that information together, but in the sequential order. You can see how important that would be for reading, right? Well, if they have problems in this area, for a younger child, they're going to have trouble remembering words and letters and numbers. And older children, when this is an issue, can have problems with many things, math, spelling, reading, visual attention, picking up that visual information, and even eye contact. So what I want you to do is go to littlegiantsteps.com and get the free test kit. You click on the store, 
just type in the search test kits and when that comes up you'll have a choice if it says pick your test kit you can select whichever one you want and you can order all of them at one time they're all free one is an auditory test kit for older children visual test kit and then we've got a tiny tot because working on this auditory processing early you've heard me talk about the benefits of that so get those test kits and find out how you can help your child with that auditory and visual short-term memory one thing that's a real challenge often for dyslexics is comprehension I created something called detail reading comprehension that you can look at on the store as well here's what it's like there are six objects and each object is large and small with this they can take 20 words that are very simple that you teach them through our method and they can read 300 sentences with each set of 20 words so 900 sentences altogether here's an example the child would read put a red zero inside the little truck then they look at the response card with all those pictures of a large and small one of each one of those objects and they have to remember what kind of object was it oh it was a truck what size was it it was little where do I put it because there's a space to put it above or inside or below then what am I supposed to put in there it was a zero and what color was it supposed to be yes red they have to hold all that information together to be able to answer on the response card another example is put a green minus over the big bus so it teaches all kinds of vocabulary words and it's a really good way to do comprehension something else that's a real challenge for dyslexics is visual discrimination that's one of the symptoms that Orton mentioned earlier we have something called visual discrimination game you know how sometimes a child will look at the first letter or two and guess at the rest of the word this is a game that trains them to look at the whole word it starts with some numbers where they have to find the matching number and then it goes to words that all start very close to the same or are the same type font so that's one thing that you might want to look at to enhance that visual discrimination storage of information is the third step to learning so first we've received it if our eyes are working well then we've processed it if our processing is working well do you see why we have to look at this multi-layer aspect and not just say well they have dyslexia and they have to cope and compensate so speaking of storage this is your long-term memory in our understanding the storage has to do with dominance now what do I mean by that well we have a dominant hand people are used to thinking and understanding about that because you use that dominant hand all your life but did you know there's also a dominant ear and eye and foot when all of these are lined up on the same side you have very efficient learning where information is just coming out very easily next week when we do foundations of learning styles I'm going to teach you how to test for the eye dominance the ear dominance and the foot dominance and we'll talk a little bit more about hand dominance too be sure to stay tuned for that you may wonder why it's important to know about dominance 
Just like everything else or any other inefficiency, it can change too. In my over 20 years of experience working with individuals with dyslexia, what we've seen is 97% of them have low auditory processing, 100% had low visual processing, 95% were mixed in their ear, and 95% were mixed in their eyes. So this dominance really had a lot to do with the people that came to us with labels. We don't label anyone, but we took the people that were labeled dyslexic and we found out what was in common with them based on our profile of these areas of inefficiency. And that's what we found. Something else that you might really be able to relate to too are some of the symptoms of mixed dominance. People with these issues often have lack of common sense or logic. They often are very emotional. They are easily upset, hard to calm down, kind of live on the edge of their emotions. They have inconsistent recall. That's kind of what I was talking about when we started is one day they know it, the next day they don't. How frustrating is that? They also don't test well. When they get under stress or pressure, like a test, they go into their subdominant or their emotional side of the hemisphere of their brain, and they don't have access to what they know. So even though they studied really hard, they're not able to bring it back out on a test. Dominance-wise, if everything's lined up on one side, then there's efficient storage and everything comes out like it should. But if things are mixed up, or what we call mixed dominant, then there's what I would refer to as inefficient filing. It's like trying to find a tiny piece of Lego in a big toy box. It's just really hard to find. We worked with a mom one time. Her name was Susan, and she brought her daughter because she was recognizing some dyslexic symptoms, and she knew that sometimes this ran in families, so she wanted to get her daughter checked out. Her daughter was making great progress on the program, and she said to us, you know, I've had dyslexia all my life. Is this something that would help me too? We said, absolutely. So she went on her own program, and at 40-something, overcame many of the symptoms that had plagued her all of her life. One of the kind of funny things that happened is that her husband, before she started on the program, took a picture of her cabinets, the way she put things away in the cabinet, and after. So we had a before and after picture of these cabinets, and it was amazing how the difference in that kind of organization. So it affects every area of your life. I want to encourage you to go back to the show page and look at the handout. We have the neurodevelopmental test results that I was referring to that showed the dyslexic labeled children and their mixed dominance and their processing. And we also have different graphs of how the progress of each one of the individuals was in math, reading comprehension, and reading recognition, so that you can look at that. How I wish that my mom and dad had known about this kind of information when I was young. It could have saved me a lot of grief. One resource that we have for you that you can start on right away it's called Developmental Foundations. This is an in-home family kit that does many of the things that we've talked about. 
It helps with your organization of the lower part of your brain with cross-pattern movement. It works on processing. It will give you some different aspects of reading and math that can help your child excel in those areas, give you techniques to use. It's a broad range kind of basic program that I typically put those types of program activities on the first program. Now if you'd like a little something more individualized, you want to check into our in-home programs. So on our website there's a survey that you can take that can help us know your situation better so we can direct you to the thing that will help you the most. Going back to what it says on the internet and probably what you've been told about dyslexia is that there is no known way to correct the underlying brain malfunctions that causes dyslexia. And I have to respectfully disagree with that and tell you that the truth is you absolutely can train the brain. You can, you can, you can. Be sure to tune in next week when we talk about the foundations of all learning styles. I will be teaching you how to test for and what to do about some dominance issues that you might find. For now, it's the Brain Coach signing off and reminding you that neurodevelopment is a dynamic approach to life. So think differently. The solution is not in the problem. Thank you for your time and attention. We hope and pray you'll return next week for another session with Dr. Jan Bedell, the Brain Coach. The ND Approach for Life is a proven program to increase learning performance naturally. Little Giant Steps is there for you. If you have questions for the Brain Coach to incorporate the skills and techniques taught in our podcast, please email cj at littlegiantsteps.com. That's C as in cat, J as in joy, at littlegiantsteps, all one word, dot com. So until next time, may the good Lord bless and keep you. Thank you.